parents protesting in Tehran over a wave of suspected poison attacks on schoolgirls chant anti-government slogans. We look at what's at stake for Iran's clerical rulers as more girls fall sick. I don't think they can afford for this to blow up and have more protests in the streets of Iran. And come with us to Ukraine, where mines in the fields and poison in the soil are making it impossible to restock Europe's breadbasket. It's Monday, March 6th. This is Reuters World News, bringing you everything you need to know from the front lines in 10 minutes. I'm Kim Vanell in London. But first, the headlines. A developing story in Pakistan. A suicide bomber has rammed a motorcycle into a police truck in the southwest of the country, killing nine officers. A further seven are wounded in the attack, the latest in a series targeting police in Pakistan. No group has claimed responsibility. For more on that story, please check out Reuters.com. Thousands of delegates enthusiastically clap China's President Xi Jinping as he enters Beijing's Great Hall for the opening session of Parliament. Less exuberance, though, during the actual speeches. Outgoing Premier Li Qiang announcing a modest growth target of around 5% for this year. President Xi Jinping is avoiding any big stimulus package to juice growth after three years of COVID controls. But he is going to boost defence spending at a faster clip and push China to become more self-reliant in tech. The US imposed sanctions on China's chip sector last year. Clashes break out between police and protesters in central Athens over last week's deadly train crash. Demonstrators hurl petrol bombs and other objects, and police respond with volleys of tear gas. Many in Greece blame cost-cutting for the head-on collision, which killed at least 57 people. A railway employee has been jailed and faces multiple charges of disrupting transport and putting lives at risk. A huge fire at a camp for Rohingya refugees in Bangladesh destroys homes and sends thick black plumes of smoke through the air. There are no reports of casualties and the blaze is now under control. The fire erupted at Camp 11 in Cox's Bazar, where more than a million Rohingya refugees live after fleeing a military-led crackdown in Myanmar. There's no estimate yet for how many homes were gutted. Ladies and gentlemen, the ship has reached the shore. Relief and a standing ovation as negotiators from more than 100 countries finally agree the first international treaty to protect the high seas. It took a marathon final day of talks and, in total, 15 years of discussion. The legally binding pact is seen as a crucial step in bringing 30% of the world's land and sea under protection by the end of the decade. All hail the king! Except, perhaps, Prince Harry and Meghan? The royal duo have received an invitation to the coronation of Harry's father, King Charles. But they're not saying yet whether they'll go. Things have been a bit awkward since the couple's damning revelations about the royal family. And then there's the issue of where to stay. King Charles has asked Harry to vacate Frogmore Cottage, 
the home he and Meghan use when they're visiting the UK. What's in store for us this week on markets? Over to our resident Fed watcher, Howard Schneider, for the lowdown. Well, Kim, this is going to be one of those hold on to your wallets weeks. You know, Fed Chair Jerome Powell is on the hill for one of his twice annual visits, and his testimony will likely be his last public comments before the next Fed meeting. Recent inflation data hasn't been good, but the next Fed meeting is only two weeks away. So if Powell does show a lean one way or the other towards either more patience with rates or towards higher interest rates, it'll be significant and markets will react. On Wednesday, we'll get a new job openings report. The Fed wants to see those drop and see fewer workers quitting. More important, on Friday will be the jobs report for February, which also includes an update on wages. The Fed wants to see both job creation and wage growth slow, but just as significant, February is going to put January's massively hot jobs report in a little bit of context and indicate whether that was likely an aberration or a sign that the job market might remain too tight. An ambulance pulls up outside a girls' school in Fadis, Iran. Hundreds of schoolgirls have been hospitalised across the country since November in a wave of mysterious poisonings. This girl tells an Iranian television station she feels numb and can't walk. Others complain of nausea, headaches and heart palpitations. The motive for the attacks is unclear. President Ibrahim Raisi blames foreign enemies. But at a weekend demonstration in Tehran, parents chanted that the enemy is inside Iran. So what is going on in Iran? And how could this play out for the country's clerical rulers? Reuters' Michael Georgi is here to explain. So, Michael, we're hearing of more and more reported poisonings. Are we any closer to knowing who's behind it? No, we're not. Basically, some officials have thrown around theories such as it's an Islamist or Islamists who are very conservative and don't want girls to go to school. The other theory is because girls and women were, played a key spearheading role in the recent protests in Iran, someone one might want to get back at them. But at this point, it's, it's just speculation. So what's the government reaction been? The officials have said they don't know what it is. So, some have said we suspect that maybe people want girls' schools to close and they promise to investigate. But it's quite tricky for the government because they had those months of protests after young Kurdish women died in police custody because she wasn't wearing her veil. So it's very sensitive. On um, social media, you have parents complaining, people telling the government to you know do their job and arrest the culprits. What's the fallout, both socially and politically? Well, politically, I don't think the government's under any threat. The big fallout would be if there's more protests against the government, they don't do anything about it. The only sign of progress was a gas truck that appeared near a school that also appeared in other cities where this phenomenon happened, and the truck was seized and the driver was arrested. And it's the first time the government official has actually announced an arrest. What about consequences? Is this going to put girls off from going to school? No, I don't think so. I think maybe a few parents will keep girls. Well, I think they've been completely emboldened by their role in the protests. Michael Georgie, thank you so much. Thank you. To the grain fields of Ukraine and the destructive legacy of war. 
Unexploded mines and toxins from munitions that have leaked into the soil are preventing farmers from planting crops. And that's a big problem for world food supplies. Ukraine is a major exporter of grain, and it's an issue that could take decades to fix. Reuters' Rod Nickel spoke to one farmer in Kherson, about six miles from the war's front lines, about the damage to his land. At Andrei Povod's farm, the Russians occupied his farm for months last year, and when they pulled out, when they retreated, they had ruined all his buildings, they were all destroyed in the battle. His equipment has been stolen, his grain has been stolen. But the biggest problem for Andre is the fact that his fields are heavily mined and studded with rockets and mortars. In our fields we have a lot of unexploded ordnance and mines. So it is uh, dangerous for our workers to start uh, doing something because uh, it is very dangerous. Also, a lot of trenches uh, that uh, left after Russian soldiers, and we must do something with these trenches. He's likely not able to plant crops this spring because of the huge task of clearing those fields, and the authorities right now are prioritizing roads and civilian areas before they can get to farmland. From Ukrainian government, the biggest problem now it is war. They uh, will not help us because uh, they uh, must to win in this war. Once that land does get cleared of, of all those mines, he's got a, a longer-term problem. All those munitions have lead in them. They have other heavy metals and chemicals. They tend to leach into the soil during times of war, and all of that can affect the quality of the crops that that land can produce in the future and how abundant those crops are. From Bilozeka, Ukraine, I'm Rod Nickel for Reuters. That's it for this edition of Reuters World News. We'll be back on Tuesday. In the meantime, you can find more trusted news at Reuters.com.